0: is from the Bhagavad Gita. A gift is pure when it is given from the heart and when we expect nothing in return. Hello everyone, my name is Adi Hirshton. I'm a contemporary Impressionist painter, art instructor, author, and public speaker. The purpose of this podcast is to share stories about art and the creative process to inspire you and help you move forward On the show, I interview artists from a wide variety of mediums so that we can learn from each other's processes and philosophy. Today I will not be interviewing another artist, however, because I'm going to be talking about a process I've been doing in my own home of clearing my old art clutter. The next couple of episodes, I'm going to be answering questions from my students. And any of you out there, if you'd like for me to try to answer one of your questions about the process of art, being a professional artist, please feel free to go to my website, azierfineart.com, shoot me a message. I'd love to address your questions on the show. So I'm going to be taking a couple of episodes just to tackle these questions that I've been getting from people, the burning questions they're dying to know the answer to. And, um, and then we'll pick up with more interviews in another month or two. Announcements. Um, I am getting very close to that time when I give away a painting. Every year on Thanksgiving, I give away an original painting to one of the folks who is signed up for my email newsletter. So what do I share on my email newsletter? Well every mm, month, sometimes once a month, sometimes once every other month I send out messages to everybody saying hey here's the new podcast that just came out. Hey here's the art classes I've got coming up that you're welcome to join me for and also just showing some new paintings and pieces and invites to gallery shows wine and cheese and all of that. So if that interests you and you would like to join my art newsletter and you want to potentially win the Thanksgiving giveaway painting I encourage you to go to my website, sign up for the newsletter. The painting this year that I'm giving away is a still life that I created late one evening. Um, in my dining room, so it's like the background is very dark, and I shined a bright light on these coral red roses, so it's that lovely shade between pink and orange. And it was a fun painting to create because the colors were so rich. This painting had the honor of being part of the Hoosier uh, Art Salon exhibition last year, and so. I loved it so much that I hung it in my own living room for another year after that, and now I'm ready as uh, we have to eventually be as artists to let it fledge the nest, let it move on, and I decided that it's going to be the giveaway painting of the year. So um, if you'd like to see what that looks like, I will be posting an image of that painting on my blog soon. Now, without further ado, I'm going to chat with you about art and clutter. The question my student asked me was, what do you do with your art clutter? In other words, what do you do with your old artwork and that you are no longer proud of and no longer wants? So they asked me this question because I was telling them about the whole house clearing that I did this summer this summer, because there was flooding in my basement, and um, and it, you know how things just sometimes spill over, I decided to go through everything in my house and clear all the clutter. One of those processes you just have to do every few years. And I, to do this, I did end up reading a couple of books as inspiration, one was called Shed. It was excellent. Um, and, and here are a bunch of the questions that were proposed in these books that you could ask yourself if you were going through clutter clearing in your house. And and say so you have an object and you're not sure whether you should get rid of it or not. Have you used this object in the past year? If you have not, then you should get rid of it. Does the object reminds remind you of happy memories or sad memories? If, for example, this object reminds you of a fight that you had with a family member a few years ago, then maybe you don't need that anymore. Let's have everything be about happy memories, not bad ones. Um, do you really want to move this item to every house you will ever live in? If you're like me and you move every 5, 10 years, then, you know, is this thing something that you're going to want to move with you every single time or is this just going to be in the back of um a cabinet you're never going to use it and yet you're going to move it every time you change houses does this object represent a decision that i still need to make oh this is the best best question i found from all of these different books that i read So for example, I found in my house things like a bag of maternity clothes because ultimately I needed to decide, am I ever going to have a kid again or not? And I looked at it realistically and decided, no, I am not. Now I can get rid of it. And it was amazing how going through all these things in my house helped me Um, Not only cleared the objects that I no longer needed, but helped me clarify where I want to go in my life in general and and all that's going on. Um, And the last question that I asked myself as I was going through everything was, will I realistically use this? And I know myself, I'm 38, (laughs) I know whether I'm going to use something or not will i realistically use this one of the items i found as i was going through everything was an old cross stitch kit that i had started years ago and never finished when i looked at this item i was honest with myself and said i am never going to finish this and i was also able to articulate the reason because this is a kit where it tells you do 10 X's here, five here, and it it wasn't creative enough for me. I was able to easily make the decision to pass it on. Another thing I found was a scarf that I had started knitting and got about halfway through and never finished. Again, The reason I didn't like knitting was because to go back and forth one row after another having them all be the same um, was just not enough creativity in the process for me personally. This is why I like painting because at every single step at every single brushstroke there's a decision that needs to be made and I like that. (laughs) So this is valuable information to learn about myself. Going through everything, I found that there was a lot of art clutter, and the art clutter came in two forms. One, there was the old materials that I no longer wanted, or they couldn't be used anymore because they were old and cruddy. Or I had old paintings that I was not proud of. So the old materials, let's say you've, you've got your art studio. You want to get rid of your old materials. Here's a couple options. You can give them away to friends. You could give them away to um, a school that might be able to use the materials. Here in my town, we've got something that's an amazing, cool store. It's called Indie Upcycle, and it's all craft and art supplies where people donate the craft supplies to this store and then you can go there and you can get embroidery thread and um, brushes and old paint and um, all sorts of things. It's a really cool place to go. Um, I know it's unique though. You can also donate things to Goodwill but I will say that um, Goodwill, if it's items that are partially used, you know, most likely they're just going to throw them in the dumpster. I will also say that um, Having worked at the Indianapolis Arts Center, we do get donations from folks every so often. And um, it, it's more of a hindrance than a help to donate materials that are not usable to an organization or a school. So don't donate old paint tubes where all the paint is dried out because these Tubes were new 30 years ago. Don't do that. (laughs) Just got to say that because I've been the one to have to go through some of those boxes from people and um, that's making more work for them. Then, you might have old art pieces that you are not proud of. Somebody told me recently, or somebody recently made the point to me that if you're a piano player, you're a musician, and you have a performance coming up, you sit down at the piano and you practice and you practice and you practice, but you don't record your practices. One of the things about being a visual artist, you know, either a painter, sculptor, anybody who's creating a tactile piece, is that Everything we do is recorded. All of our practices are recorded. So one of the messages I want to say to all of my students and and anybody out there who's creating any sort of visual artwork is you've got to accept that there are going to be stinkers. You've got to accept that you're going to make pieces on occasion that aren't great, that Don't turn out the way you wanted them to. But you have to create those stinkies in order to get to the good ones. You've got to have your practice pieces to get to the masterpieces. Um, And I can say, at this point in my life, I've made about a thousand paintings. And I don't know that I've made a masterpiece yet. You know, it just takes so long to get to the skill level where you can effortlessly make a piece, the saying everything that you want to say, having it be beautiful and painterly and a work of art. Just accept that it's a long process to get to where you want to go. (laughs) Um, The artist Carol Marine, who wrote the book Daily Painting, she suggests working small and the reason is because if you create small pieces of artwork it's easier to let them go it's it's easier to accept that oh well this is just a little practice piece whereas if I made a uh, ten foot by ten foot painting and it didn't turn out so well, it'd be really hard for me to accept that, oh, well, that was a practice piece. Um, So her method is working small and working often. I highly recommend her book, Daily Painting. At any rate, um, just you really want to accept that the... (laughs) I want to say the first hundred pieces you do won't be great. I've as I said before, I've made almost a thousand. I still create ones I'm not proud of. It's just part of the process, except that you will create work. That's not that great in order to get to the good ones. I hope I hammered that home. I, I feel like I see this all the time in classes where people will create a piece and they're creating a piece because I've challenged them. I've said, okay, I want you to create this still life. I want you to do this. And they, they, Rise to the occasion and they do the piece, and then they're not happy with it in the end. And I just, you know, I want to hammer home that it you have to do the practice pieces in order to have the skill level to say what you want to say. acceptance. Accept yourself, accept the stinkers. Now, let's say that there is a pile of paintings in your closet that you are not proud of. You can ask yourself this (laughs) to determine whether you're proud enough of it to keep it. Would you display this in a gallery show? If not, get rid of it. Would you display this in your home? If not, get rid of it. Would you give it to a friend or family member as a gift? If the answer is no, get rid of it. Here's some options, some things you can do with your pieces you're not proud of. Option number one, you could give the piece away to a charity or even Goodwill. I will say, I don't personally care for this option because I want for every piece that's out there that has my name signed on it to be something that I'm proud of. But... Want to throw that out as an option for you? You could give it away. Option number two, you could throw it away. Just throw it away in the trash can. Option number three, you could burn it. <laughs> um, I want to say a lot of folks love burning their paintings or their pieces as a, a ritual, um, as a means of purging their old. Outdated stuff, or even if the pieces were about, um, you know, like a, like an art therapy, like a, oh, I'm mad and I'm, I create this piece and I'm I'm expressing my anger through this piece. You want to burn those. You don't want those to go out into the world because it has that negative energy. Um, burning it can be um, a very good cleansing process. Option number four is you can repurpose it. And there's so many ways we can repurpose recycle our work. If you're a ceramic artist, for example, you can break up those pieces and turn them into mosaics. If you are a painter or a collage artist, you can cut them up, you can rework them, um, add them to other pieces. If you are a painter, you can sand the paint off of your canvas using either just a s- one piece of sandpaper or like I have, I've um, got a, a sander that's a uh, rotary sander. It goes around and around in a circle. So, um, and then last but not least, if you are a painter like me and you've got canvas paintings that are stretched over a wood frame, you can take the canvas off of the wood frame and then get a fresh canvas and put it over top. Again, no matter which way you slice it, no matter how you get rid of them, I do think it's good to get rid of them. Um, Have a bonfire once a year. Cleanse, don't hold on to stuff that's bringing you down. You don't wanna open up your closet and you've got this stack of stuff you're not proud of, it's just gonna bring you down. And you know you don't want for, hey, you, you pass away and then suddenly these are all given out and they're, they're ones that y- you don't want your name on. Um, and I do think that artwork, like musical instruments, should just never be locked in a closet not seeing the light of day. If this is something you're proud of, you need to get it out there. You need to you know, donate it to a charity, give it to friends, put it up on your own walls, finally get it framed, whatever it is you have to do, and anything that's left over that you aren't proud of, don't beat yourself up over it, move on. <laughs> and now I'm going to share with you my story of the day. This is not a story that's in my book, The Alchemy of Art Stories for the Classroom. And for those of you who are new, I usually share one of those stories at the end of the podcast. Today instead I'm going to share a personal story relating to a piece of artwork that is hanging on the wall of my house. So, once upon a time, I was 12 years old. And we went to Canada to Algonquin Park where my grandparents had a cabin and it was a very unique cabin that we stayed at. We parked our car, we got in a boat, and we took the boat across a lake, unloaded our uh, belongings, and stayed in the cabin on the other side of the lake for a couple weeks. And because you have, it's it's quite a trek to get to the cabin. It's it's a very solitary place. Um, this is called Smoke Lake in Algonquin Park, Canada. And yet, a lot of the folks who would go and stay in these cabins would be there for a month or two. Many of them were retirees, and across the bay was artist whose name was Esther Kaiser. She was a painter and um, her husband was also an artist. He was a weaver. But um, I loved visiting with Esther Kaiser because she was a very vibrant, unique, beautiful person. And um, the sort of sort of person that inspires one to become an artist later in life themselves, <laughs> right? So, um, and I do have a piece of artwork on my wall that is created by her that is of the bay on Smoke Lake where we stayed. Um, well, Esther Kaiser had a friend and this friend was a portrait artist. Um, this was somebody who made... Pastel paintings, uh, portraits of people very realistically done. And my grandmother asked her to come and paint my portrait. And I was very, very excited about this because um, I was going to be part of the artistic process. I was going to be in the painting. And so this artist whose name I sadly do not know, came, sat on the dock in the bay, and I sat uh, reading a book for a couple hours. She worked on the piece, created my portrait, and then uh, took it back to her cabin to finish it up. Well, um, I was very sad because at the end of our trip, I asked my grandmother, I said, oh, well, what, um, where's the portrait? And I'd like to see it. Are we going to take it home? What's going on? Um, and my grandmother told me that the piece had sadly been left on the dock at the other person's, at at the artist's house, and it got water splashed on it. And so the piece was ruined and she did not have the piece. She could not by the piece. And this made me very sad, and I was bummed. And then, you know, we went on with our lives, we went back home, I forgot about it. About um, 20 years later or so, my grandmother passed away and we went through her things and we found the portrait of me, rolled up, stuck at the back of her closet. What was going on here? Well, let me start by saying my grandmother was a very um, I want to say devout, but just very humble sort of a person who did not care for vanity in any way. Um, Her ancestors had been Puritans if that tells you anything. <laughs> and so we think that she saw me get so excited about the portrait that she thought I I was so into it for egotistical reasons. She thought it was vanity for me to be so excited about this portrait, this picture of myself. So... She decided to pretend that the portrait didn't exist to me, to lie to me about it, say that it was destroyed, and then hide it away for later. Um, I, <laughs> What lesson can I learn from this? Um, well, I, I want to say that in a way it worked. I don't really want a picture of myself anymore. Um, my mother had it framed and gave it to me, and now it's hanging in my living room, but I am a little... I I feel kind of embarrassed. It's like, oh, I don't really want a picture of myself. So I I feel that if she, um, if anything, she did rub off on me. I don't want to be a vain person. I don't really want a portrait of myself, ironically. Um, And looking back, I, I don't think in this case, not that I'm not occasionally egotistical as we all are, but I don't feel that I was so excited about the piece because... It was all about me, or that it was me, my face, but rather that I was part of the process, and um, that's what excited me. In any case, um, I now have the piece; it now hangs in my home. It has an unusual story behind it because it was, um, you know, missing in action for so long, and. What comes to mind is that every piece has a story, <laughs> you know. And sometimes we want to let those stories go if it's something we no longer want to hold on to. It says so much. Art can be really heavy to people, um, you know, what it symbolizes, what it represents. But one of the lessons to learn from this is that if it symbolizes one thing to you, it might symbolize something else to someone else. So, for example, my grandmother thought it was all about the self, it was all about vanity. For me, it was being part of something. And we want to always be careful that we don't assume that someone else's meaning and their, their purpose for creating a piece of art matches our own or our own interpretation of the piece. Okay, enough rambling for today. This concludes our Alchemy of Art podcast. May these stories about art and the creative process inspire you. May you find your voice. You have been listening to the Alchemy of Art podcast. To find out more about Addie Hurston and her work, go to azirfineart.com. That's A-Z-H-I-R-F-I-N-E-A-R-T dot com.